This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader reminds us how to add value to our lives and teaches us her lessons on how she takes control of her limiting beliefs. She says, you just have to go back and revisit your life. You can't take for granted that everything is etched in stone. You have to have the right mindset. These lessons are ones that you too can apply to live your life with success. Retired Army Master Sergeant Shirlene Olson is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Show 47 starts now. Welcome to the program, Shirlene Olson, retired Army Master Sergeant. I am so thrilled to have you on this program. Well, thank you. I, it's an honor, and I'm really grateful and humble that, um, Melanie, you just didn't give up on me. You <laughs> Wells introduced us. Almost a year ago, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Almost a year ago. And we connected in so many ways. I think we talked for, I don't know, maybe three hours the first time that we connected and we were kindred spirits. And I said, yes. you have got to come on the Everyday Leaders Program and share your story because people need to connect to you. So thank you for, I know you're really busy and I, and I can't wait to share your story about what all's going on in your life, but... Uh, I, I know it's important and intentional for us to have this time together today. So thank you very much. Well, well, well thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so people can connect to your story. There are a lot of things that you have accomplished, and and I've celebrated a lot of people this this year in the military positions. And so, uh, I interviewed um, Mark Pillar. I've interviewed Dave Tyler, I've interviewed Judd Crawford, and several others that have had military connections. And so you come to us kind of a rounding out this year, and the things that you're accomplishing in your life, Shirlene, didn't just happen overnight. Uh, you're a, no, they did not. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you're now a fellow Hoosier, you live in northern Indiana, and when I started speaking to you and we started connecting you were still trying to achieve so much educationally at the IU um, School for Business down in Bloomington, taking that drive yeah. two hours or more uh, every <laughs> every day to get to class and to come home. And you were really figuring all this out. And I thought, oh, my gosh, look at the things that you've accomplished in your life. And you are just still pushing to learn, pushing to add influence, pushing to add value to your life. And so that really connected to my spirit. And I said, man, tell us about that, right? Tell us about that. Yes, av- advocating. Well, I the purpose of uh, taking the life learning uh, course at that time, first of and foremost, I love Bloomington area. I mean, the, the greenery, the, the spirit, the earth, everything is just awesome. Um, and being a graduate of Indiana University Northwest, um, I had an opportunity to serve on the executive council uh, as a campus rep for Indiana University Northwest with Pauletta LaFave Johnson, who actually uh, did the recommendation and the referral. And you have to, you actually have to be uh, voted for this position. And this one, well, now you do, but back then it was you got, you were appointed. And so it really, that was right up my alley, actually exiting out of the military, uh, retiring after 23 years of service. And um, I had an opportunity to be in that area. And so I was going to do the GMAT path, Mm -hmm. and uh, lo and behold, I decided to take on a bigger challenge, (laughs) (laughs) which was pursuing, after talking to John Gibson um, at the time, the advisor of the MBA course cohort hybrid, they call it, at Indiana University Northwest, and 18 months, and I contemplated and I contemplated and I said, oh, I don't think I can do this out of all the things that I've challenged. Um, back in 2008, 
I was in pursuit right after I graduated with my bachelor's. Um, I was in pursuit of pursuing my MBA and was called back on active duty and was stationed at Fort Gordon, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine um, the change, the transition, the instant transition. But I can honestly say it was the best thing that could have happened because it catapulted my career because this, it threw me right into leadership. So I went from one leadership right into another, and I really had the opportunity to utilize everything that I had just learned. Mm -hmm. And so that was uh, awesome for me. So then I take a break, and I'm like, this is still on my plate. I don't know if I can do this. And lo and behold, August this year, 9th, 2018, I decided... That was my first, um, uh, what do you call that? Um, God, I'm, I'm losing my words here. Um, and, and actually, I'm telling you, when I, orientation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that night, I'll never forget it. I, I seen the, pack, the stack of books and things have changed and it's like 20 of us. And I came home and I looked in the mirror and I said, Charlene Olson. Actually, I said, Charlene Charmaine Olson, what have you got yourself into? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, for the first time, out of all the challenges that I've taken on in my life and a decision that I decided to do, I just, I just thought, you know, there is no way. And yet and still... Uh, I had professors who believed in me and have known my work ethics. I just had a um, professor, Arishna Pauly, commented to me the other day how he remembered, he recalled I showed up in my uniform because I told him, I said, I didn't want to miss a class. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that is, you know, that is your intentionality. You know, we I talk so much about the 15 laws of growth through this whole year. And the, the stories that people connect to their lives. And I just think about the awareness, right? The things that you know that you've done in your soul because you were intentional about it. I'm not going to miss that class. I'm going to go however I need to go, right? And and we've talked offline about the things that you have known, um, that you have learned that have helped you get to the next level. And all these things, you know, here to kind of teach us what that felt like uh, when you were going through those transitions, you know, I want to go back to when you when you left the military, and the things that you thought about, the fears that maybe, you know, well, what what would a civilian life look like, and how am I going to continue to be a leader now that I've been in the military, I've been trained, I've been disciplined, I have all these great skills. How do I transfer those into my life? And I will I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that, Melanie, because I think anyone who has served in the military and especially for twenty three years where you are constant and in my course my platform was signal, communications and leadership and actually developing um leadership courses for those attending to get to the next level. So you're taught to put all these things in your tool bag and apply them, and then at the same time, you are given an audience. You, and at that quarterly, I was given 300 students that I was responsible for uh, training and ensuring that they had everything that I had uh, that made me successful. So it was also about sharing, mm-hmm. and it was more than just reading a book and knowing the material, but also you had to make it applicable. My hours at that time um, went could very well start at 3 o'clock in the morning because the, with the physical fitness training um, that was required. So we started off right then and there. And then to to now you get at that break, you go get your shower, you grab you a cup of coffee, and now it's time to feed the mind 
and the soul as well and have fun. And one of the things that really, really helped me transition it back into the civilian life, leaving the military, was the School of Excellence that was changing because they wanted it to be more of a civilian setting. Mm-hmm. I actually, the same platform that I'm taking now, I actually helped implement that. It was called Blackboard for the military. Wow. So, um, and of course, you know, I had students that were complaining because, you know, they didn't know, they they were used to the traditional setting, but academically, and the cost was changing, was shifted, the dynamics were changing. And so I was afforded that opportunity to be a part of that. So, and actually I'm thankful because it did help me transition. And you're right. It's almost like one door closed. And the first thing I did was start knocking on other doors and said, hey, I have these skills. I I could be I'm I'm awesome. I could do this. I could do that, you know. But I will tell you, I really had to stop everything that I was doing and shift my paradigm mm-hmm. because it wasn't the same. And now, over the years, that's one of the things that I have learned as a leader and being a part of the university and serving on uh, the board of Indiana University and also uh, Lakeshore Chapter Region, this is where I dove in with my skills to help me transition back into the civilian world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people, I know they go through that, right? And, and a lot of military experience this. But for those of us that have not been in the military, we can compare that to having a job of a lifetime or a career of a lifetime and then being, yes. being downsized, displaced, eliminated, whatever that case may be, that you felt like you were so focused on the purpose and you were there yes. a, a part of something bigger. And then, and then you've decided or, you know, you get to a point in your life where things are changing. And so now you've got to relearn what your skill set is to be able to take that to the next journey. And that is- that's so important. It is, and I will tell you, um, especially with the platform that I was giving as a senior leader, you're given all these leaders that believe in you and embellish your confidence. Mm -hmm. So you know that you're getting it right and you're checking the blocks. But even when I was in, I always focused on advocating for those that were less fortunate or those that were struggling uh, with their careers, those that uh, were dealing with a family, because a lot of them were part-time. So I was able, I was afforded the opportunity to share what it's like, because it is a vast difference when you are 100% active duty and everything is put there for you Mm -hmm. versus being a civilian sector. uh, I I substitute as a teacher. Uh, at a high at the high school level, and then being called back in on active duty and going back and doing those two weeks and then coming back, but at the same time, there, just something inside of me, I always search for balance. I just didn't just close it off. I didn't shut my bag and say, "Okay, I'm only going to accomplish this." I, for some reason, I always felt like I needed to just do more and focus more. Mm-hmm. Um, on being the best person that I could be as a leader because it doesn't stop. We're all role models every day, whether we like it or not. We have people that are looking up to us. We have people who are looking down to us. Mm-hmm. Let's not leave that out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, but let's and, talk about that. People that are looking down on you, they may be ahead of you as a manager or, or the title of a leader. Right. And, and I know that yes. this takes place even outside of just the regular, you know, what I say, civilian life versus military. Just because you're in the military does not necessarily mean, and this is what I've learned from a lot of my, my friends and a lot of my um, guests this, this year, you know, just because you're in a position of control and you're influencing people 
that doesn't always mean that you're the best leader, right? And that, yeah, and that's huge. That's a huge lesson because people that are learning to get into the workforce say, you know, this person hired me to do this job and, and maybe they believe that everything that that person above them is, you know, they're becoming their mentor as such. And maybe all the things that they're teaching them aren't necessarily the right ways or we're going to add value and add influence and, and be, you know, something that they're, they want to increase in their skill set. And so that, that takes the, the kind of the right mindset and confidence to know when it is part of what you want to do or it's part of where you need to separate from that, right, and, and go follow what you really, what's speaking to you. And you make a very good point. You And this, I will share this. We talked about this earlier. Um, I read it in a passage that um, I read passages daily. I, I don't just take life for granted. I believe that every day we need to hold ourselves personally accountable for our behaviors and our actions. And even before I went into the military, that has always been a personal strategy of mine. For And I'll share a little brief story of why that was put in place. Um, and people may think that story is going to be horrible when I share it and be a little bit more transparent. But it's true and it's factual. Um, but back to my point, um, the passage that I read was, there's something that separates those who really do look down on you and think that because of their status, academically put them where they are. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, you have the money and you have the material things that have a lot and, and that has a lot to do with because they're building character. And I've seen all walks of life, believe me, the students that I was training were engineers, were doctors, were lawyers, um, you know, had their own, they were entrepreneurs. Uh, they were coming from all walks and didn't really want to be there and really didn't want to know why did they have to know how to write a paper um, academically and make clear sentences and, and just was just wanted to just do what they were taught to do, their military schooling and that uh, training that they, they received. They didn't want to learn anything else. And here my job was, was to show them that uh, it's, there's something out there bigger than you as a leader and your responsibility, and it's fine and great that you, you have that status, but you're also accountable for those that you are responsible for, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're in your job. Mm-hmm. And so community service was one of the things that was implemented. Before you could graduate, you had to be involved in community service. Uh, some type of activity. And so I made the statement, um, the secret to success for me was giving back to others, learning that there's something bigger than myself. And, of course, you can imagine all the kickback that that I received because (laughs) I was the only female, Mm -hmm. and they were all guys. And, of course, you know, they didn't want to hear this. Who are you, you know? And so that... But I had to find a way to connect, yep. to get them to learn. And, and believe it or not, to this day, I still get calls, you know, um, asking for advice. What would I do? What should we do? Do you have this plan or what have you? But going back to learning about those who are put in a position academically, there's two things that separate you. Wisdom. You cannot, under no circumstances, speed up life experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great I remember. <laughs> that's so true. I remember about the first weekend to my MBA cohort uh, program, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be a little bit transparent. I was like, oh, my God, there's no way that, you know, I'm looking at, I, I could actually tell who was the age of my daughter. I can actually tell who I was going to really connect to temporarily, and I'm going to say that temporarily. Um, and I went to the professor and I said, okay, you know what? Do me a favor. 
just put me over here in a corner and let that herd just go right before me. I call them the Titans, right? <laughs> and he said, no, they, if they don't, it's up to them to recognize what you do bring to the table. And I'm going to tell you what I told him. I said, okay, I get it about order and structure and having to be a team player. I get all of that. But what I see is the wisdom of where I've already been where I see them going. Mm -hmm. So it helps me. Here's, here's, here's the, the takeaway. It helps me not internalize the immaturity that I'm dealing with or immaturity that I'm dealing with while we are learning. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, because you, I can't even explain explain it or express it, but is actually one of my strengths because someone can actually insult me and others are looking on and they'll look at me and they'll say, wow, why did you, you didn't even, you didn't even bat an eye. You just, you just, you just let that go because you learn the principle you learn of why you're there. You learn to decompress emotions. You learn to decompress uh, personal feelings. Um, you just you just learn not to take it personal. Now, I would have given anything to have all these tools in my bag 23 years ago. <laughs> But that's not the case. But you had to get to the point. You know, it's always what we heard growing up, right? If I would have known now, what you know then, what I know now, and and right. so and you thought, well, what do you know that I don't know? And and so that is what I have learned in the last few years. It's so important that why you need mentors around you because you can kind of speed up your learning. Although you haven't maybe experienced that, they can help you formulate the right path to get you to those experiences that you need to have, right? And, yes. And without that, you're not aware and you can't connect to it at, in a way, in a level that's really going to help you grow and then be able to grow through that into the next journey. And I will be honest with you, you, you said it earlier in course connection, someone said, why do you want to be a part? And I said, to connect. It's great that we all have families. It's great that we have children. It's great that, but, but everyone has their own life. And so that platform is already out there. Mm -hmm. But when you're in your daily going from point A to point B, to me, one of the reasons why I did go ahead and some, I actually had a young man ask me offline away from the rest of the colleagues. He said, my goodness, you had everything. You've done everything. You've been everywhere. Why in the world are you really even here? Mm -hmm. And I said, as a life learner, if you think going through life, once you've already accomplished that step, if you think you've already have everything in the bag to make you successful and make you actually a better character, a better person, a better leader, um, then you really, you're missing it. And you'll get that lesson, that life lesson. And you'll get it when you, when I sit back and I hear how they're having problems, you know, they share their experiences and their work and who, who they have problems with. And I'm thinking to myself, and they're quick to say, oh, it's a personality conflict. The hardest thing you learn as a leader being in the military, when you're in the civilian world, you could turn around and say, oh, I'm going to find me another job. Mm -hmm. And then you'll find out when you do get that other job, things really weren't as great as you thought they were. It was The grass was not greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. In the military, you are forced to work with the, the, with the team that you're given. And for some reason, Melanie, I'll be honest with you, I, looking on the outside, Looking in, I personally always felt like I always got the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. Why can't I be in Company A? Because Company A is always, they're motivated, they're this and that. And then finally when I got to Company A, I found out that 
it was the worst company to be in. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, but it was my personal perception, and it is that comparison gap that we talk about. Oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> See, you're leading it right into all these questions. <laughs> but that is so true because we, as leaders, think right because we have something within us. It's like I need to be pulled into the group that's going to help me, that's going to grow me, that's going to inspire me. And what I've learned in listening to all these leaders this year and my own experiences is a lot of the times we are searching for that fit as well as everybody else. And we continue to say, well, I know I can do that. Why can't other people see it, right? And until we create our own environment that we have the mindset that we are in charge, we are responsible for the things that are happening around us and be less of comparing ourselves to, well, that looks good. Maybe I can get involved in that because that will inspire me or that will change my life or, or that diet will work or, you know, that person is, looks like they would be good to date or that job would be the good one to try, Right. If you begin exactly. if you begin with yourself and we develop the leader within ourselves, we stop comparing everything around us in the world and we realize that it's within us. That is we we actually there there is a a book that I actually gave a young man um who was struggling, a young young man who was struggling trying to find what he was doing wrong, and and I know you've heard this term, um, his behavior was very narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And that's actually becoming, I right as I was exiting, I had uh, an officer that um, I couldn't understand why he didn't have, I call it common sense, right? But come to find out, he had very much narcissistic behavior. And so this book I, I shared and gifted was The Power of the Other by Dr. Henry Cloud and how people have their behavior and how we perceive it and where it takes us. And so um, when we're talking about dealing with being that leader and at the same time looking for those that will help us lead, it does make a difference. It brings us right into how we reflect on our daily achievements, how we have to make daily adjustments. And here is the takeaway for me. I absolutely have no problem that when I'm out conducting business and I find that it's going south, or I'm doing an order, or someone messes up my order, I will stop everything I'm doing, and I will say, can we start over? Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Charlene. (laughs) I apologize for whatever the misunderstanding is. I apologize for how um, things, for some reason, where the disconnect is at. Um, But I like to start over. And so... You learn this as part of one of your lessons in life. And and you do. And then you have to, you really have to apply it, you know. And and that's where when, when you brought up the, the whole comparison thing of what if I joined company A, right? That will be the right. better, that will be the better option for me. And because you, you felt that energy around it, but you assumed that the things that were inside yeah. of that group were also coherent and cohesive and, and you know, really forming it from a, a leadership development. And you felt that that was happening, but when you got there, you found out that it wasn't necessarily, you were looking for something, but it, that wasn't necessarily the fit. And so as you grew into your own leadership, right, you began to realize, because now you've, you're out of the military and you're retired and you're challenging yourself with all of these next steps in learning. And even though it's scary, you are able to do it because you believe you're not looking to somebody else. You're saying, I need to achieve this for me. Right. And so 
with that, I like to now interject this life story because I think just a little synopsis. I'm not going to make it long. It says, um, one of the questions that I was reviewing, it says, have you ever had limiting beliefs about your life? Mm -hmm. I want you to picture a little girl in the sixth grade, and at that time, uh, very poor, uh, didn't even know that it was an elementary setting, um, coming through a life tragic. And the teacher is looking like Mr. Klein. He's looking like Superman, Clark Kent, with glasses on, and he calls me up to the front of the class because I'm sitting way in the back because no one wants to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. And I, he, and I'm thinking for once, I get to say this is about being connected. This is about being amongst the popularity. This is about being accepted. At a very young age, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I, he finally called on me. He calls me to the front of the class, and he looks at me, and he said to the class, he said, I want you, every one of you, to look at Charlene because you're looking at, are you ready for what I'm getting ready to say next, Melanie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are looking at an example of who is going to be a high school dropout and pregnant. <gasps> I did not have no clue what those words meant at that time. But I will tell you what it did do for me. Outside of having to fight to attend school, I knew that whatever he said, it was not good. And I slowly walked back to my desk. And I remember we were eating. Back then, you could have, you paid 50 cents where I'm really dating myself now, to have applesauce, baked beans, and a hot dog. That was my, that was, that was, that was like as if I was eating prime steak. Because it was the only meal that I was going to get for that day, by the way. My gosh. And I just remember sitting there quietly eating and counting one bean at a time. What did that mean? But I will tell you what it did. It didn't limit my personal life beliefs, because I, from that point on out, I said, I will not be a high school dropout. I will not be a high school pregnancy teenager. And I am going to be the best thing that I am ever going to be with the tools that I'm given, however I'm going to get there. And so I have to give credit to God because no one else was around Wow. who instilled that in me to overcome, and yes, of course, I have negative talks all the time, but I stop it, the mind trap setting, especially when I feel rejected. Rejection is one of my best life lessons that I've learned. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always mean a bad thing. Rejection can mean, can really turn out to be something great. I remember when I ran for a position, just recently, and, of course, I was coaxed into it, you know, because I was like, I don't have no chance. This is set up. And I remember texting my husband saying I didn't get the position, and I accidentally touched my brother-in-law, who was in California, San Diego, California, and he sent the text back, and I'm on my way home, and it comes up on my screen in the car, and you know what the text said? It stated, cast your line, cast another line, there are other positions out there. Mm -hmm. That's not the only one. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And we, sometimes we have beliefs that other people put on us, right? And your story is so representative of that. If you actually took that information into your brain and let it absorb who you were going to become, because of somebody else's belief, right? You would have never decided that you had the opportunities because that person told you, that person in public, that person made you feel belittled in, in an environment that, you know, you weren't in charge, you weren't in power, you weren't confident in that environment. And so 
you know, a lot of the times, though, what we don't realize until we learn is that these people that that do this, you know, and, and a lot of people do it naturally, but it's their own fears. It's their own sense of self-worth. It's their own beliefs about the world. And so that doesn't necessarily mean they're yours. But, you know, when you're young and when you haven't had the training or the experience like you've talked about to be able to put that into perspective, right, and understand, and you did for your your ability to put your mindset into perspective and say, well, that's not me, right? I, exactly. And, and matter, I was just, I mean, I was just grateful to, uh, education has always been an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember posting a thing on Facebook. I said, um, and I was referring this as a mom, as a mother, as a leader, because I do reflect daily on all of my achievements that I made. And when when I see achievements in the military, it means accomplishments, mm-hmm. which you've done great. But to me, I look at it one step further into recognizing that every day that I get, I'm able to get up and I have a roof over my head. And I and and I can and I have the conference of my home. I have clothes. I mean, all the necessary, all the things that makes us who we are. I don't take none of that for granted. I think about being a leader as a mom. So I posted. I said, with the tools that I have been given, with the template that I have been given, I think I've done pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think I've done pretty good as a mother. And it's not, you know, to to feel sorry, and I don't even, I don't really even look at it as an accomplishment. I look at it as, from the day that he said that, I looked at it as whatever it was, (laughs) I knew what it wasn't going to be. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of people don't have that, whatever, whatever you were given as a gift, as a leader, you understood that, but there are many people that might have been in that same situation, Shirlene, and and say, yeah. well, that's how the world sees me. That's, I guess, who I am or what I will become. And and so that is such a great lesson to say, be able to be strong, be confident, know what your, your true ability is what you do with your life, not what somebody else decides what you're going to do with your life. And... I can honestly say a lot of leaders don't understand the concept. There is a difference from being confident and relatable mm-hmm. to those that you're responsible for versus being very prideful. And Marcus Linimus, I hope I'm saying that name right, mm-hmm. is someone who I aspire towards and admire because, number one, he is out there creating social impact, making a difference. Yes, the money is great. Yes, he has money, and yes, he's doing fine things. But at the same time, he's taking those tools and he's giving back to society, and he's making it more of a personal connection. And he can't save the world, but that's just it. One turtle at a time, this one will make it. This one will make it. If you pick it up and you carry it back to the water, this one will. This one will. And so your path of connection of leaders is what we need today. And not only – and it's a, it, it's a difference from being all polished and up on the podium and given all the tools. I call it privilege uh, platform mm-hmm. and status. But the real leaders to me are the ones that are really down there in the trenches that are doing this, that, that actually enjoys it, that makes a difference in it and talks less about what they've done great on one side, but actually put the actions into the words and actually be a doer of the word and not just, you know, the poster child or getting those, um, all those awards because it does make you who you are. And at the end of the day, what you'll realize is 
when it's all said and done, I want to be able to live with myself. I want to be able to sleep. And I never understood that when someone would say, actually, one of, one of, my husband would, all, would always say, you want to be, I want to be able, I would say, honey, why, why are you, why are you so adamant about making sure that you do it this way or you do it that way or you stay honest and you stay fair and you stay true to who you really are on the inside, which is, to me looks very rigid. But now I'm actually working with, I'm actually involved with the kind of people that he worked with. And now I understand it. And he would say, because at the end of the day, Charlene, when your head hits that pillow, you want to be able to live with yourself when, every, when no one else is around because he said that's a miserable state to find yourself in. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they say. Char- it, it, character it, it, is what, what, it, what you are when no one else is watching, right? That is true. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is the book that I just started reading was a good... Um, Good to Great is One by Jim Collins. I love that book. um, (laughs) I just gave that book away a couple of months ago to uh, one of the leaders in my life. And they had never read it. And I thought, man, this is really, this may help you like kind of open your eyes for some things. Because, you know, it just has so many great lessons in it. Getting the right people on the bus, getting the right believers, right? If you believe in a process... It's so much easier to obtain the goal than it is if you are trying to convince somebody otherwise, right? Right. Um, And uh, But the one that I'm at, and I actually gave, one of the colleagues in our discussion had mentioned that, and I always love a good read, Um, especially when it's uh, bettering yourself. Like, for instance, Colin Powell, it worked for me. Um, that was one that was phenomenal. Um, and then if you really want to talk about leadership and how to address things, pillars of the earth, I don't know, mm-hmm. Ken Foley. Mm-hmm. And I know that that may not be looked at as a leadership, but um, it has so many twists in it and making decisions and the way life throws curveballs at you. But this one particular one that I started to read is um, The Road to character, David Brooks, by David Brooks, and that was a reference from um, Craig, because, Craig Wells, Mm -hmm. because I picked that up, I had bought it immediately back in April, and as I'm going through this MBA course now, I was like, okay, I needed some tools (laughs) in my bag, my satchel, I call it. I need I need to do some personal assessment here, and that's one. It, I I'm not, I don't want to I, I don't take it for granted that everything that I have I'm already done, and I really not in a sad way, but I feel sorry for those as leaders who feel like they don't really need to pick up another book, they don't really need to take another class. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you need to take another class because you're not complete. As long as you're walking on this earth and as long as you are going to be dealing with people mm-hmm. and intertwine and be responsible, as long as you are a parent, you've got to constantly keep all of those things in the forefront because that's, believe it or not, your life does change, your taste change, your color change, you know, the food change. And so if we were paying attention to all those things on the outside um, speaking of food, what you're consuming, don't you become what you eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, yes. So true. So tell me a little bit about, and and I know you've shared so much with us today. Tell me a, just a little bit more about what you're doing now that you're going back to school. I want to talk to you about you know, your contributions and you do so much for others. And, and so what does your life look like next? What's the next step in your journey? The next step in my journey is 
for the last past, I want to say since 2013, I decided that I was going to do build a branding company. Mm-hmm. And I know that back then that was one of the hottest things, but it's a different type of branding. I believe in advocating uh, academically for the Indiana University, especially since I serve on the board and served in the executive council. Um, that was a golden opportunity for me to be able to see how I can uh, be more proactive, a better character, just reaching out. And my goal was is not so much as building another monument or getting my name out there, but looking at what's already out there and attaching myself. So my goal is advocating um, social impact. And I was taking classes through Ackerman, who actually uh, is an academic platform online, that while I was waiting to go back to pursue my MBA, I've learned and connected through that. That gave me the engineer that I needed to be able to know which way or which path I wanted to take. So give you a good example. And you know what? And people can't relate to this now, which is kind of sad because they think you want something. They don't think these kind of people exist. They think, you know, this is just over the top. This just isn't normal. So for Thanksgiving, I seen that it was an opportunity to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving verbally or through communications, which was just by not just saying it, but by bringing in a card and putting candy on top of it, you know, taping candy to it, wishing each and every one a happy Thanksgiving. Well, then I knew that in December I wasn't going to see anyone, so it was December 1st, so I did the same thing for the Christmas cards. And But there was a couple that I actually went a little bit further in giving. Uh, one young lady, I gave, I gave her daughter uh, materials, art materials, um, and I'm not going to go into the whole list, but I realized that it made some people was expressing how they were uncomfortable with that. And Melanie, you know what it was? When they asked me, why do I do that? You know what I told them? It's called creating social impact. Mm-hmm. Making a difference. So rather you connect, it's like that, it's like that little window of opportunity to see, hey, I'm recognizing you as a person and I value you. I value that we are on this path, but you only get that one little window. You only get that shot to make a difference. And so the old saying back then is first impressions. Well, I go past the first impressions because sometimes whatever you're dealt with at the time, you may not get my first impression. Mm -hmm. I actually, believe it or not, as strong as I may look, I actually may, because I'm carrying so much on the inside and I had so much fear, I remember my husband had an automobile accident right when I had started. My son was coming in and going to Korea with the family, and I had no one to talk or share this with. And I'll never forget it. At the end of one class, I practically went to go speak, and all of a sudden, waterworks came out. Wow. <laughs> I was very transparent. But at the same time, I realized that there was one or two things. It was better for me to express as a leader. Now, someone would say, oh, you're a crybaby. But no, the vulnerability. And people are going to judge you no matter what. So you just might as well just go ahead and make that home run count. <laughs> That's right. Well, because, you know, it's got to be from you. It's got to be what you believe. And once you set that up, then there really can't be anything that gets in your way because you are so focused on it. And and that's true. So building so my once I pursue this, I feel that it will give me the academic tools that I know I need to position myself in a better 
situation in connecting. And like I said, it's all about the timing because it was, I'm learning some awesome, some awesome materials. I mean, I, I can't, and I'm actually, I'm actually learning it. I'm earning every bit. No one is giving me anything. And it's been like that for me in the military. And no, I'm not making it harder, but at the same time, um, I'm a little bit more quieter. I listen more effectively. I can actually now pick out when I'm actually in a conversation or when a conversation is going on around me, mm-hmm. how others are really not, they're already programming their brain on, they think that when you're sharing something that as a leader, you're now looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. And this, believe it or not, depicts maturity. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I I would bring it back around and I said, but wait a minute, you're missing the principle. I I I appreciate what you're saying because everyone wants to be important as a leader, but the things that I do differently now is I listen more effectively and to the point where some those that have gotten gotten a chance to know me a little bit more on a personal level, they they would say wow, you're really quiet. Is everything okay? Yes, everything is perfectly fine. I just want to start listening more. Mm-hmm. I could talk about me all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is about that power of connection and using your ability to really, you know, absorb that other person from where they are, right? Not trying to change exactly. them, but understanding where people are in their own right, where they're coming from, getting their perspective, because that helps you truly make a connection with someone. You really care. It's like people that have kids, you know, trying trying to push them into something that they did their whole life or they wanted to do. Instead of, right, the the kids that seem very well balanced and very connected are are following their path that they have talents or skills or passion around, right? And they are following their dream. And the parents really support that and connect to that. But um, it, you can learn that in so many phases of your life, in a career as a parent, as a family member, as a coach, as a friend. You know, connecting to someone on their own journey is really a great lesson that you've, you've kind of finished this up with because that is really powerful. And anyone can do that. Anyone can learn that. Yes. Um, one last note on sharing on what, what is the one thing in one moment that changed my life was, of course, there's several, but when I was in the army, I remember going to a sergeant major and I said, I want the soldiers to understand the Sergeant Adi Murphy, uh, concept and and leadership, and it's all about selfless service. Mm-hmm. It's great that we have all these awards and everything, but um, actually, Adi Leon Murphy was the reason why, to, to this day, soldiers get paid for PTSD, mm-hmm. and it's recognized. Um, and he said to me, well... Um, at the time I was um, Sergeant First Class, he said, Sergeant First Class, I got a question for you. As a leader, how is it that you're coming here and you're wanting to put your soldiers in this path and it's not one that you've traveled yourself? And I was like, oh, it's not for me. I'm good. <laughs> I, that, you know, that's, that's not for me. And believe it or not, that led to his recommendation in submitting my name, which in turn made history because I was the first reservist to actually have done that. And I'll remember, I remember getting a newspaper article and everything, and everything was a surprise and accolades. And But what I really got profoundly recognized for was scrubbing 1,972 pieces of frozen chicken <laughs> so the homeless could eat it. Mm-hmm. and serve in the Harvest Kitchen because I, I was looking at how they were throwing the food on the floor, and I was like, I, couldn't, I didn't understand why. And one of the clients said, 
well, we can't eat this because it has season on it. And mind you, this was donated. So even the good intentions of not knowing that made a difference. And so there, no one wanted to scrub the frozen chicken. And believe me, I hate the code for one reason or another, but I knew that I just couldn't see the food go to waste. So profoundly, that's just a small little snippet of really what got the the recognition was the frozen chicken. The frozen chicken. Scrubbing that (laughs) so someone else could eat it. Mm -hmm. And it's that selfless, you know, giving up your own agenda for others. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, so important. Shirlene, this has been a wonderful time together. I really appreciate you being in my life, being connected, and I know we're going to enjoy uh, the next steps in trying to, you know, as I create this uh, leadership summit that's coming March 2nd, I'm super excited about, and I got to get on it. It's December, (laughs) and I've got lots of dreams and plans, and and it's all coming together, but I know you are going to be a part of that too. So, uh, March 2nd at the Indianapolis Museum of Art and uh, to connect to people that are listening, the people that are going to attend. It's going to be a, a fantastic opportunity for people to learn about how to be a leader in their own life and learn from all of these guests that have shared so much about your own life and the, the strategies that you've overcome. You know, the strategies that you're using to overcome those things as you look back and and start to tell your own story about it. So yes, well, I I want to thank you for having me. I'm humble, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it's just like life. There, there's, there's no. It is what it is. But at the same time, my takeaway is I will always be grateful to make a difference in someone else's life. I will always, and I just hope that not trying to please anyone. I'm just going to have to try to be the best that I can be at what I have to be that with. Yep. Well, you're doing a great job. Keep doing it, girl. I love you. I'm so thank glad you. that uh, that we're I connected. Love you too. And have a wonderful holiday season. And thank you again for being a guest. Thank you. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.